This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome home to Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or it is your first time worshiping with us, no matter who you are or where you are on your journey of faith, welcome home to Morrisville Presbyterian Church. We are delighted you have chosen to worship with us this day. In these weeks following Easter, we turn our attention and we are mindful of encounters with the risen Christ. And as we do so, let us worship God together. Please join me in the responsive call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin. Peace be with you and also with you. Peace be with you. Jesus stands among us. Peace be with you. The risen Lord is here. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Friends, the risen Lord is indeed here with me and there with you, bringing forth a way towards greater peace. So let us take the first step towards this peace, towards our God, and confess our shortcomings so that we may receive the fullness that our Lord has to offer. Let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. You have shown us yourself, O God, by word and spirit, with signs and wonders, in flesh and blood. Yet we still struggle to live and believe the good news of Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us. Forgive us, enter into our lives, and cast out our fear, so that we may come to trust in you and have life in Jesus' name. Beloved Church, the mercy of the risen Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. So let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Good morning, young friends. Happy Easter! Happy Easter! 
Are you a little confused? Happy Easter. I'm going to say it again. Happy Easter. And I say it again because in the church, we consider that it is still Easter. This is the season after Easter, a season when we continue to be reminded of the good news of Easter. So today, I want you to make sure to tell someone, Happy Easter. And when they have a puzzled look on their face and say, no, Easter was a week ago, you can correct them and say, no, 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 Easter continues. And you want to know why Easter continues? It continues because there are still so many things and so many ways we see God at work that we can proclaim. We have, you have your Easter basket at home. You can continue to tell the story of Easter, particularly that last egg that was empty. The tomb was empty and Jesus was alive. And we proclaim that every week when we gather because God is always doing new things. And I want you to pay attention too that our, our tree that accompanied us throughout Lent, the tree that slowly blossomed, that slowly had more color, more activity, it is now in full bloom. Springtime is a time we can look outside and see things in bloom and remind ourselves God is always doing new things around us. But the thing that's most important to remember is we see this beauty in creation. We can continue to proclaim this good news, but a huge part of that good news is that God is continuing to do new things in you and in me, in all of us. Remember, when we hung things on this tree during Lent, we put things on this tree, things maybe we hoped for or things we wanted to let go of. Really, in all of it, it was things, ways that we wanted God to work in new ways, ways we were begging God to intervene and be with us and near us and help us to become more faithful people, more loving people, people through whom God is working so that we have eyes and hearts to see all the ways God continues to be at work doing new things among us. So that is why, friends, we continue to proclaim Happy Easter because God is always doing new things around us and through us and in us. And so part of your prayer this week, maybe, as you, maybe if you still find Easter eggs in your house somewhere or, or as you think about our Lenten tree or you tell the story of Jesus or you're praying with your family at dinner, some moment when you are thinking about God when you are thinking about Jesus, I want you to also offer the prayer, God, I hope you'll keep doing new things in me because I want to be more loving and I want to be more like you. And that is a prayer all of us can offer in this Easter season. We proclaim happy Easter. Be sure to do that today. God, please keep doing new things in me and through me. Help me to become just as loving as you are. Those are ways we can continue to proclaim Easter with our whole lives. So let's offer a prayer together today, and we will send one another on our way. Let us pray together. Dear God, we thank you for Easter and for all the new things 
you are doing in us and through us. Help us to look for Easter all around us and to proclaim it when we see it. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Great to see you, young friends. I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Friends, as we approach a time to bear witness to the new things that God is doing in this Easter season and the good news of Jesus Christ, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, you know the number of hairs on our head, and you know the words that we need to hear this day. So we ask you to remove the barriers before us and guide us towards greater truth, greater life, and greater calling. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. Listen for the word of the Lord. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray once more. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Mary stood weeping outside of the tomb. And in the midst of Mary's grief, he calls her name. And she turns to encounter Jesus face to face. 
And then she returns home and tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. But the disciples did not see for themselves, and it seems as though Mary's first proclamation of the gospel wasn't quite enough for them. So by the evening of that very same day, the disciples are locked in a house. They are locked in by their fear when Jesus comes and stands among them and says, Peace be with you. And after he says this, he shows them his hands and his side, and the disciples rejoiced. The disciples rejoiced, and they rejoiced, and they rejoiced, but not Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. Thomas missed Jesus. We don't know why Thomas wasn't there. Perhaps Thomas was afraid, too afraid to even gather with his friends behind the locked doors. Or perhaps Thomas was the most courageous of them all, still out in the streets, in the market, fishing. Who knows where Thomas was? We don't know where he was, but we know that he wasn't among the disciples. Thomas wasn't there. Thomas missed it. And so when the disciples declare to Thomas the very same words Mary had already declared to them, we have seen the Lord. Thomas shakes his head. No, Thomas says, I will not believe until I get to see Jesus too. Don't you just hate it when you miss the big event? Maybe it's not quite the miracle of the appearance of our risen Lord, but you know the feeling. I think you know the feeling when you miss something and you know it was noteworthy. Maybe even once in a lifetime, maybe even once in a century or a millennium, you walk into a room and there's this breathless exhilaration in the air and you get a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach because you know you missed something. You missed something big. I don't know what event might be coming up for you, but for me, I immediately think of a vacation I took a couple of years ago. I was on vacation in the San Juan Islands. That's a group of islands just north of Seattle and south of Canada. It's in the Boundary Waters. I was on vacation with my friends, and I decided I was going to sleep in because I was on vacation. And on vacation, you sleep in. But there was a morning on that trip. There was a morning that July when I opened my eyes. I was raised from the drowsiness by sounds of thrill, by sounds of bubbling voices coming in from the kitchen. And before I got out of bed, I just knew I had missed something. And so as I dragged myself from bed to the coffee pot on the kitchen counter, I braced myself. I braced myself for the disappointment that was surely coming at finding out that I had missed something. And sure enough, 
my friends, the others, the ones who had opted not to sleep in. They took the kayaks out around the island at sunrise. And as they kayaked past the bay, a pod of orca, a pod of orcas, a pod of orca whales began to play and breach in the waters all around them. My friend Megan said, I'm so terrified I couldn't move. Do you, you don't really know how small you are until a whale is coming up out of the water next to you. My friend John said, I was terrified. And my friend Betsy said, it was the most magnificent experience of my life. And I missed it. That feeling when you missed it, I think you know it. And perhaps that feeling is why we can relate to Thomas so fully. Traditionally, we relate to Thomas because of his doubt. He's earned the nickname Doubting Thomas, I imagine much to his chagrin. It's not constant with who he is. Earlier in John, he could be described as Courageous Thomas or Curious Thomas or Confused Thomas. But he gets the nickname Doubting Thomas. And it's relatable. We can relate to Thomas's need for certainty, and we can identify with his skepticism. But I have a sneaking suspicion that we relate to his sense of missing out. As Martin Copenhaver is quick to remind the church, He's quick to remind us as a community of faith that we have never lived at any time other than Easter. We have, excuse me, we have never lived at any time other than the time after Easter because we missed Easter. We missed the resurrection by about 2,000 years, give or take. We can hear the accounts, but we weren't there. We can and will proclaim the Easter truth, but we did not get to see and touch and experience it for ourselves. Isn't there a part of you, there's a part of me that wishes that we could have been there, that we didn't miss the resurrection, that we could have heard the voice, the resonance, the comfort in the voice of our risen Lord as he greeted us with peace that we could have touched his hands and his side, and that we could have seen just once. We could have seen God face to face. A week later, Jesus appears again to the disciples, but this time Thomas is there. And Jesus arrives. Jesus greets them, peace be with you, and Jesus meets Thomas exactly where Thomas is. Jesus meets Thomas's demands. Jesus meets Thomas's questions. There is no shame for Thomas. There is no, there is no despise of Thomas's doubt. Rather, Jesus meets Thomas exactly where he is. Can't you hear him? You need something more than a second-hand encounter with me, Thomas? Okay, see for yourself. 
Put your finger here. Put your hand through my side. I do not condemn you. Touch and see and believe. And we missed that too. But there is good news here, beloved church, because like Thomas before us, Jesus meets us where we are. Jesus meets, meets a weeping Mary at first light in the garden. Maybe you too are overwhelmed with grief at the wounds that this broken world continues to inflict upon our bodies. Jesus meets the disciples behind doors locked in fear. Maybe you know something about fear. And Jesus meets Thomas's questions and, ans- and demands full stop. Jesus meets us where we are. The risen Lord cannot be contained to the grave or the tomb. The risen Lord cannot be contained to Easter, will not be contained to Easter. The risen Lord will not be contained to Sunday, not to this church building. The risen Lord is eager to show up where you are. Jesus Christ will not wait for you to come to him, but will come to you in moments of sight and understanding sharing a peace that cannot be explained and will not be ignored. Wherever you find yourself this morning, wherever you find yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, the text this morning affirms Jesus will meet you there, where you are. I'll leave you this morning with a story, a story about my friend Hannah. Hannah is a chaplain at a major medical center at a major city in the United States. She called me a couple weeks ago, and as I answered the phone, I heard the tears in her voice. She said, Molly, I'm not sure that I can keep going. I thought I had what it took to be a chaplain. But this week, this week I'm living through, it might break me. Because I've gone into work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I print off my list of patients. And as I go through my day visiting them, I realize that none of them can speak. Some are intubated. Some aren't conscious. Some are in that deep sleep that exists between time and eternity. And I don't know how to care for them. I used to believe in a theology of presence. That's part of my job as a chaplain. As a chaplain, I see hope 
and despair. I see fear and grief. I see joy and relief. I see trauma and healing. I see life and death. And my constant in all of that has been this theology of presence. Because Jesus Christ is present with me, I am called to be present with everyone. I am called to be present, to sit in silence if they cannot speak, to have conversation, to sing, to laugh, to cry. All I know up until this point of time is I am supposed to be present with others as Christ is present with me. But I don't know anymore. I don't believe my presence matters. These patients, they're so hard to look at. I know I'm not supposed to say that. I'm a chaplain. But you know what I mean, Molly, don't you? Their, their skin is yellow, and there's dried fluid, and there's sores, and their breathing is shallow, and it is painful to sit with them for 15 minutes and not speak. I have a patient. We'll call him Frank. He's been here all week. I visit him every day for 15 minutes. It's the longest 15 minutes of my day. I introduce myself. I tell him I'm a chaplain and I'm here to sit with him so he doesn't have to be alone. And after 15 minutes have passed, I leave. I'm not sure I believe in presence anymore. I'm not sure I can keep going. I talked further and we prayed together and we promised to call one another next month. So I was surprised when my phone rang the very next day. And Hannah said, Molly, you'll never believe it. She said, I went to visit Frank this morning, and it was different. As I approached the room, a woman's voice was coming out. It was Frank's wife, and she was talking. She was talking to me before I entered the room. As I was sanitizing my hands, she was telling me how thankful she was to be able to see Frank. She was telling me about the grief of his sons not being able to visit him. She was telling me of what they'd been through, of his diagnosis, of his prognosis, of his hopes, of his dreams. She talked and talked and talked, and then she realized that she didn't know who I was. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. Is there something you need to be doing? And I said, this is it. I'm Hannah. I'm a chaplain here. And her, her voice got real loud. The kind of loudness you hear when you're talking to someone who maybe has a little trouble hearing. Her voice got real loud, and she said, Frank, this is Hannah. She's a chaplain here. But his eyes didn't open. And then barely audible. I, I know, Frank whispered. I'm grateful. Hannah 
has been here every day this week. I've talked to Hannah once since that conversation. And she told me that since that day, she sits confidently and at peace at the bedsides of those who cannot communicate. And as she leaves each of their rooms, she offers the same blessing she received from Frank. Peace be with you. Jesus Christ will not wait for you to come to him. But he will come to you in moments of sight and understanding, sharing a peace that cannot be explained and will not be ignored. You will not miss it. Thanks be to God. Amen. I hope you will join me in praying for the church that is lucky enough to receive Molly as its pastor. Friends, join me in our affirmation of faith. Let us affirm what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Friends, as we seek to be reminded again and again that Jesus will meet us where we are, let us open our hearts and our minds to the gift of music. Let us sit and be still and know that God is near.
us pray. Our Lord and our God, words of glorification and exaltation come from our lips this day. And so, too, prayers of wonder and petition seep from our hearts. For we have witnessed your resurrection on Easter Sunday, and yet still do not know fully what it means. We see the seeds of your rising in our world around us, the blossoms beginning in early spring, the news of initial freedoms after vaccinations, the promise and hope of a world that is opening up more than it is closing off, and the many miracles of your presence, both big and small. So we give you thanks, O Lord, for the many tangible signs of your joy, of your light, of your life ascending from places of dormancy and decay. But in the changing of seasons from winter to spring, from Lent to Easter, from death to resurrection, You know, Lord Christ, that we feel like Thomas, who knows the anxiety of change, the coldness of systems, the grief and hardship that human life can bring, the feeling of missing out. So take our hands, Jesus, And hover them over your wounds so that we may embrace our vulnerability and healing. We ask that you direct resources to natural disasters and unequal living in places like Indonesia, Morrisville, and Trenton. We ask that you decrease hate and violence in places like Belfast and Washington, D.C., And we pray that you show up in the locked-away places of our hearts where we need your comfort and healing in our own lives. Spirit of the living God who hovered over the waters in creation, who came to the disciples in the upper room, who will be with us in the days and weeks to come, We stand on the precipice of now, a time where you call us out of the past and not yet into the future. Heed our prayers this day and guide us to be your disciples in our homes, in our communities, and in your world, so that our friends and neighbors may know the power and grace of your resurrecting love. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved Church, Jesus Christ will not wait for you to come to him, but will come to you wherever you are, however you are. Jesus Christ, in moments of sight and understanding, comes sharing a peace that cannot be explained and will not be ignored. Beloved Church, as you go out into the world, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with you and be with you. May it be with those you love, with those you are called to love this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.